Hey, how's it going, fam? Hope everybody's doing great. Welcome back to Kicking It With Chief V, where you know the deal, we keep it real. Got a special show for you in store today. I sat down with my boss, the commander of the 28 Mission Support Group out here at Ellsworth Air Force Base, and we held a live town hall yesterday discussing racial disparity. So hopefully it sparks conversation with you, your peers, your superiors, subordinates, team across the board. Uh, So enough out of me. What do y'all say? Let's get this thing kicking. Hey, good afternoon, MSG. Um, it's an honor to be here today and talking with you guys. I'm joined by uh, Chief Aiden. Um, and happy happy uh, New Year, happy 2021. So, yeah. Uh, normally, we'd probably start to kick the year off doing an all call, handing out awards, talking about uh, some things and uh, year in review. But uh, today, today, actually, we're going to sit and talk about, uh, if, for those that may not be tracking, uh, in June, the Air Force, uh, the IG, started an independent review of uh, racial disparity. It was along with uh, discipline, uh, professional development, and uh, career opportunities. Um, And just last month, uh, the report came out. And the report came out, and quite a few of us have read it. And then uh, Chief got back, and Chief Chief came into my office and sat down and said, hey, boss, do you want to sit down and talk about this? you want to do a Facebook Live? I'm like, I've never done a Facebook Live or I've done Zoom calls, but I, I'm like, absolutely, Chief. This is, this is important. Um, it's important to us because if, uh, if you and I, a Chief, a Colonel, the MSG leadership, if we can't sit down and talk about this, then we can't expect anybody else to. So uh, this is our opportunity to set the stage so that we can continue the conversation on the uh, racial disparity that exists within the Air Force. And so, Chief... Um, thanks, thanks for doing that. Thanks for asking me to do it, and I really appreciate it. Absolutely, sir. Um, so, you know, this, uh, you pointed it out. The report came out just recently, uh, and it started in June, uh, for our airmen, uh, for the Air Force, for our society. This, these, it highlights things that have been going on for a long time. Um, some, some people that have, have knew me before I got here and, and, and things of that nature know that I started peeling the onion back on some of this stuff with some other people uh, for a little while now. And, and this report highlights things that people already know. And I know that our squadrons are already getting after it. Uh, obviously, I was on a sightseeing tour out in Afghanistan, the lovely place out there. Uh, so I know I didn't uh, obviously had a, a group out there to uh, care, feed, and mentor out there as well, right? So I didn't watch everything that was going on here at the MSG, but I know our squadrons our teams have been getting after. They've been having conversations, been having the courageous or difficult conversations. And uh, so I don't want to imply that squadrons, uh, that you have not been doing this, right? We know you've been getting after it. But this report came out where there was a, a town hall that uh, Chief of Staff and Chief of Space Operations sat down and did. And I said, you know what, we start, and it, and it happened before the new year, uh, right before the holidays. And so I came and I talked to the boss. I was like, hey, I, I, I don't want it to lose momentum and, and steam, so to speak, for the MSG Let's sit down and have a conversation about this. And what I will say, this conversation is not going to be me and him sharing our experiences. Uh, so you won't have that level. Uh, this conversation is not built around that. It's built around uh, what, what are the next steps? So the disparity report came out. What are the next steps that we can help encourage uh, from the MSG? And I will do some future panels where we will bring some people in and they'd more than it all be voluntary where people can share across the group. So squadrons have been doing it. I know we did some stuff at the wing level. But to give an opportunity for our airmen of all grades, uniform, non-uniform, uh, to sit and just chat with me if they want and, and chat with their peers, because uh, I think there's some the goodness to be had there. Uh, so as we kick this off, we'll live stream on Facebook. 
That's probably how the majority of everybody's watching this. Uh, Master and Heimrichs is our moderator, if you will. So if you have comments throughout our conversation, uh, the Colonel and I will we'll run our mouths for about 20 minutes or so, maybe longer. Y'all know I'm long-winded. Uh, and then we'll open it up to questions. So if you're on Facebook Live, type your questions in, and um, Master and Heimrichs will get to those. If you get to where the question and answer uh, session, if you will, of this town hall, uh, once we open it up for that, and you'd rather do it video, live video with the Colonel and I, just dial into the Zoom link that I gave you. So if you're in Facebook land and you're not part of 28MSG, you don't have that, uh, that Zoom link. But if you're part of the 28MSG, then you'll have the Zoom link that came out in your government email. So as we get this kicked off, sir, uh, our conversation, and, and I apologize, sometimes I'll look at the camera and sometimes it'll be a conversation. Y'all know I'll just keep it real. Uh, I, and it's nothing, there's no disrespect to anybody, but when I have somebody talking to me, I'll probably turn and, and, and look that way at times. Uh, but sir, what are, what are some of your opening thoughts that you just want to share with the team, with the command teams and the entire team uh, as we talk about racial disparity? Uh, so first off, um, I had to write some notes down, actually. Uh, so for those that haven't had a chance to read the report, get out and read it. It's, it's long. There's a, there's a lot of numbers in it. Um, but just know it, it is really in-depth. Uh, there were, like I said, we started in June and we just finished it, the Air Force did. Um, they looked at a, all the data they could find. They did a lot of data mining so they could uh, actually show that racial disparity does exist. And, and, and we know it, and that's, this, this shows it. They, they're not showing causation. They're, we're going to dig into that. Uh, DOD, Big Air Force, uh, at every level, we'll dig into the causation of it. This, this was to highlight, it, yes, it does exist. Um, Fantastic uh, inputs. They looked at 23 different case studies previously, 138,000, I think, somewhere around there. I'm, I'm a math guy and my math may be wrong, but they looked at a bunch of different, about 138,000 inputs to the survey. Um, and I think you said 38,000 pages or 37,000 pages of written comments that we're able to glean out and look at some trends, look at some data, look at some things that we want to be able to highlight and talk about so that we can get after. Uh, and the reason I want to do this is uh, probably about 15 minutes after I, I took command of the MSG, I had a chance to sit down with the uh, squadron commanders and uh, the superintendents and uh, the MSG leadership. Um, and one of the slides I was able to share is kind of my, kind of my compass of what drives me. And on the very top of, the, of this compass is trust. And when I read this report, there are some things that jumped out at me. And one of them was that uh, black African-Americans have said, some the trend was there's 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 trust issues that the chain of command isn't taking it seriously the chain of command isn't going to do anything about it so when we started talking about trust uh, you know that really gets to me and i i really want to get after it this year thank you sir i appreciate that and you highlight something really important when we talk about trust and i want to say it was like 74 percent of african-american general officers uh that that lack trust in in the process and when i say process as you know uh pointed out to the team the process of our air force level processes so you could look at things like that and say uh you hear terms like systemic is where that would come from, systematically doing things uh, that don't take everyone into account. So we've come a long way as an Air Force as far as making it diverse, but inclusion of that diversity is a whole nother thing. And that's what this report points out to me. And, and sir, I know we were talking about this before uh, in your office and then and down here when we were just going over things that we wanna make sure we share with the team. If you haven't read the report yet, please read the report. And if you're not one of the, if you're one of the types of people that says, you know what, I don't read long documents. It's 150 pages long. It's got some graphs and a lot of words. Um, and you'd say, well, I, I listen to audible books. Well, I got you covered. If you can bear with my voice, 
I've already done that for you. Uh, I'll make sure that I, I tag that in on the uh, link that we share after the video is, is published when we're done with the live event here. You can go out and listen to it. We don't know at our level what every airman that comes through the gate or comes out of the dorms, what, how many rocks they have in that rucksack, how heavy is it? And if it's, and if it's related to uh, racial disparity, um, how heavy is that? Because I don't know. Um, and so that allows a, our squadron commanders to have that sense of empathy and it allows them to relate as well. And what, I, what I'm kind of really charging in squadron commanders, and I know they're already doing this, is, is take some time. And I know it's time. It's tough to take time. They're, they're, they're already working 48-hour days. Um, and a lot of our folks are working 48-hour days just to get the mission done and take care of things. But the return on investment of taking the time at all levels and really encouraging our flight superintendents, our flight chiefs, our super, you know, our, our, our leaders at every level to take the time to get past the surface level questions when we start talking amongst peers, amongst airmen, uh, supervisor um, and such, that they can actually dig deeper to find out more than just, just the stats on someone, but actually ask them, hey, tell me about your growing up. Tell me about what it is here that, you know, that, that really gets to you, really adds another, another rock or another weight to your rucksack. Uh, absolutely. So, you know, we have uh, different conversations uh, at different levels. When I was uh, in Afghanistan, we had them at the squadron level, group level, squadron level, and then at the shop level. Um, so when we've had all these conversations, they are great. It's great to hear other people's experiences and we learn from that. And that's why I want to continue to do panels. It'll be, like I said, completely voluntary. And, and I will work those where people can share their, their story, their experience. And then people that watch that at a later time, or even the people on the panel can grow from one another as they've gone through these experiences, similar and sometimes completely different. But where it really, where what I've seen in my experience, limited experience, right? I've been in for coming up on 20 years now, where those discussions are the most important uh, is at the, section, at the section or the office level, right? Where it's the me and you that see each other every day and, and maybe we don't even know each other's kids' names if, you know, obviously me and you both have children, but in, there's a lot of different scenarios, if you will. Um, where did I come from? Where did I grow up? And so while me and you walk into an organization at our level, and I, I want to speak to people's hearts again, 100% is what I'm trying to get after here. We walk in, people, like you said, will tell us, yeah, everything's great. You know me, I'll push a little more and ask, but I have to be careful because I'm also six foot Sasquatch level and, and I'm kind of bigger. And so sometimes I can be intimidating. My personality can be intimidating. So I try to be cognizant of that, but people are only gonna tell us so much. But when you're in that shop or you're in that office, so same thing at the squadron level, your squadron commander walks in, uh, your squadron superintendent walks into the office and, and you're not gonna get the same level of feedback, if you will, as the staff sergeant, the technical sergeant, or the mass sergeant in that section, that office, our civilian leaders, from anyone that's in a management or leadership position, you're gonna have more in, in that section or that office. You're gonna definitely be a lot more dialed in to the problem than, or a situation than I am. So also speaking to people that might be experiencing something right now, you might be saying, well, Chief V, we ain't had any conversations. Uh, well, please elevate that up to your chain of command because that, those types of things need to be occurring. Uh, and I also wanna to speak to you, and I know I've talked to a couple of you specifically in our group about this. Don't assume that me and the Colonel know that there's a problem, right? Yes, I'm a Chief Mass Sergeant, he's an 06, he's a Colonel. 
we don't know everything. In case you haven't figured that out yet, we don't know everything. And uh, we don't even know what all is going on in our group. Our group is very diverse in our mission sets. There's a lot of y'all. There's roughly around 1,567, give or take a few people that, you know, based on PCSs and deployments and now the, the group, um, that there's no way I'm going to know everything that's going on in that, that small shop in the back of a communication squadron. I'm not going to know. It's not that I don't care, but we are not going to know. So that's where uh, that things really start occurring, things that you can identify problems. So what would be your, your advice, sir, um, to our supervisor, our frontline supervisors? And I, you know me, I got a full toolbox that I want to talk about, but what would you tell our first-line supervisors about those conversations in the next step? So we've advised the commanders. What would be your advice to those frontline supervisors? So my advice is, is you got to take the time. Um, for us to be able to see trends, for us to be able to get after anything that we can do process-wise, uh, for the squadron commanders to be able to understand, hey, um, uh, we've got something going on here, is, is you've got to take the time. The return on investment is huge. Uh, uh, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier and that, you know, in the, in the soft community, they have a saying that, that humans are more important than hardware, uh, that uh, our airmen are the most important investment that we have in the Air Force for now and for the future. Um, and I also talk about being very transparent you know, it's, it's okay to say, hey, um, I, I didn't grow up like you. Or say, hey, here's how we're getting after something. Or tell us if, 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 if we don't give you the information you need or we're not giving you some, let us know. So that's another one of the pillars or one of the, uh, on my, my, my compass over here on the right-hand side is transparency. I think it's incredibly important for us to be as transparent as we can at all levels. And obviously there's some things that our commanders can't be transparent about because it does involve uh, certain things when it becomes legal and medical and different things like that. But as the, the ability to be transparent, I think, helps set the stage to build trust and to be genuine and to be able to say, yes, we're, we're hearing you, uh, we're listening, we're learning, and we're leading. So I think that's probably, if I could give something to our frontline supervisors, listen, learn, and lead. And, and really, the, the, you know, I think you talked about squinting with your ears. Really listen. Uh, really listen to what your folks are saying. Um, and, and don't try to solve the problem while you're listening. Listen to listen. Listen to understand them. Listen to understand what they're going through. So, Chief. Absolutely. So, when you touch on time, sir, um, and you said it earlier, and, and the colonel knows math, and he knows how the days work, and knows how, how many hours are in a day. When we say things like 48 hours in a day, we know that you are, you are a complete job, in it, and, and there's some career fields specifically that get overstressed um, just by the nature of your work and, and, and the elements and, and conditions and the environment, right? So, we know that you're jobbing it. So when you hear, you might be the staff sergeant or a civilian uh, leader at that level as well, like that first line supervisor. And you're sitting there thinking, oh, that's great, Chief V. You can sit there with the colonel and, and y'all control your own time. And you can sit there and you can have this conversation. But what about me when I've got not enough time to do all the job that I have to do, all the EPRs, decorations, whatever else I'm working on admin wise on top of that. And then, oh, by the way, uh, you, want, you want us to, to sit and chat. You're absolutely right. I do. I do want you to sit and chat. And I've, I've grown up in the Air Force. They didn't like they dropped me in as a chief. Just one day I was walking around, they snoop me, you know, scooped me up and dropped me in as a chief. That didn't happen. So I grew up in the same Air Force or same type of Air Force that you're in. Um, and, and you can make time for it. What I would encourage the supervisors to do also when you feel like you're crunched like that is to ask for that time. And my, my plea to the commanders would be, listen, like you said, listen to your team. 
uh, your leaders in the team that say, hey, you know what, boss, I need a little more time. Uh, I'll use CE as an example. That's where I grew up. So it's not applicable to everyone in the exact sense that I'm going to describe it, but you can, you can piece it together for your career field. We do everything based on, you know, time. We have to schedule our time uh, for our shops and what we're going to accomplish through all those tasks that we have to do. And I would say, hey, I need 20% of my time, 25% of my time actually for training. And my opso was really upset at that. I was a, a young, uh, young mass sergeant. Actually, I was a mass sergeant select. I said, no, I need this time for training. And of course, we didn't use, and I'm an equipment operator, we didn't use all that time for training, right? In the sense of going out and learning how to operate a backhoe or a bulldozer. Uh, the majority of that time was sitting around the shop doing computer-based training, i.e. Halo or any first-person shooter game we could come across. Uh, that would be going on sometimes, sometimes it's a cookout, but always conversation, right? And so the, so the, the, the teammates that I had on that team, we grew closer. And, it, and I want to encourage the supervisors, it doesn't happen overnight. So don't feel like you have to solve all problems at the get-go. Uh, but when you say, I like how you say, listen, learn, and lead, uh, really listen with your heart to try to put yourself in that person's shoes or boots, as we say in the military, uh, and see it from their perspective. You have never, potentially, uh, never gone through this. It, it doesn't matter whether you're the same ethnicity or not, you've never gone through the exact same situation that another human being's gone through. Uh, even brothers and sisters, you know, I went through things and they, they interpreted it and went through it differently than I did. Uh, some of the, the horrific stuff that I went through as a kid. Um, but, but what I'm saying here is, is try to see it from their perspective. And again, this happens at the, at the first line supervisor level and the technical sergeant, and I, I say first line, some technical sergeants are first line supervisors as well. But that immediate leadership chain, if you will. So I'm not leaving the civilians out. So you're in, in that, that realm as well, the first line supervisory leadership level. Uh, and, and when you talk about building trust, that takes time. But trust can also, and credibility can be destroyed in an instant. So we need to think uh, about what we're saying at all times. So I'll give you a quick example, if I may, sir, to kind of highlight my point. So when I was downrange, it was not a unit here. I was downrange and I'll leave the unit designation off. Um, I went in to do, uh, and it wasn't even an MSG type. Uh, the group I was part of was an AEG. So was, I had a lot of different types of AFSC. So I went in this organization, about 380 strong and uh, going there and I'm, I'm just hanging out in their break room. And they were talking about uh, racing dirt bikes. And they were like, hey, you know, I, went, I don't even remember the location. And I shared this with you the other day. Uh, I went over here to this place and the person said, oh, that must be that white privilege. And I said, what did I just hear? Oh, no, I was, you know, I was like, Caleb, you just hear and stuff. That, that was not said. And then another example was given. Oh, it must be that white privilege. And these were all Caucasians that were talking about this. And I look over and, and there's two people of color sitting right over here at there, the break room tables, uh, a little bit spread out, picnic table type stuff uh, spread out. But I know they could hear me. I know they could hear what was going on. So obviously I pulled them all together and we won't go into the details of what the conversation that I have. But anybody that knows me knows that we had some conversations. Um, but what I, where I wanna, the reason I bring that up is because we don't all interpret things the same way. You might not believe X, Y, and Z like we talked about in the report, but I want you to listen and just, just shut your mouth for a second. I know y'all are saying, I wish you'd do the same thing right now, but just be quiet for a second and listen and listen with your ears, squint with your ears and listen with your heart and, and try to put yourself in that position, right? Because you can destroy trust and credibility so quick with your mouth. You can say stuff and I, you can go back and ask for forgiveness because people know after they've been around you for a while, know that it, whether you're that type of person or not. But I want you to be cognizant of that. So the things that you say based on whatever you believe this report or not, if the Air Force comes out with a process that says, hey, we're going to track all LORs, LOCs, what you say in those moments is vitally important. Your leadership can either be, you know, you're going to be empowered through that or you're going to be cut, you're cut yourself down. Um, any, any thoughts on that or anything else that you want to share? Because, you know, I'll run my mouth forever. Oh, sir. Yeah. So I think you hit on an important uh, about the trust and it can be destroyed. So. We're, we're asking you folks, we're asking 
everybody to do this. Uh, just don't go through the motions. You have to be genuine. You actually have to, like the chief talked about, it has to be in your heart. You know, we are in the greatest air force in the entire world. Um, we sit here, we look at our, our, right here, integrity first, service before self, excellence in all we do. And, and we know we all do that. Um, and so you genuinely, we truly ask you, genuinely be that person who wants to listen, who wants to be empathetic, to actually get to know your airmen. And I know there's a lot of our airmen and our supervisors that are doing that. Uh, we don't think you're not. So uh, that's, that's not what we're talking about. But uh, truly being genuine goes a long ways. And just, to, you know, like I said, I have not had this, the experiences that you've had. I've had, haven't had the experiences a lot of folks have had in the Air Force or just in the world in general. So uh, it takes time and it takes effort, but I really, that's what we're asking our, our airmen, big A airmen at all levels um, to do is uh, be genuinely uh, good listeners, be genuinely good at caring for our airmen at all levels. You know, something that you, you highlighted, sir, so I'm sitting here thinking about it. You know, I, I give that example uh, of my personality type. So uh, previous boss, uh, she, she had to let me know about this, right? Because I never saw it in myself. So it was a blind spot. I'm just like, everybody should be happy. You know, we're alive. We're breathing. So this is great, you know. And and before COVID, some of y'all know that I was a high-fiver. The defenders, they would always try to get me. Like, they would, I'd go to high-five, and they always try to knock me over or something. It was just a, a, a unique bond that we have. Uh, but anyway, uh, so people know that I'm, I'm a little rambunctious. And she pointed out to me one time, she's like, hey, Caleb, you know, and I won't, I won't say this person's name or the squadron I was in, but they were like, I think you really intimidated them because you basically chased them. And I wasn't like running after chasing them, right? But I was just still trying to talk, you know? I was still trying to talk and find out what was going on and how they're doing. And, and they had kept trying to move away from me to get to a safe space, I guess, and essentially like, hey, we'll get out of his way. And so it's a blind spot is what I'm saying, right? Using a, a funny little example of, of making fun of myself and being transparent with you, I have blind spots. So I wanna to speak to the supervisor's hearts out there. You're the airman that you're in charge of, of motivating, inspiring, leading, directing, might not want to come to you based on whatever, right? It might have nothing to do with anything you're doing intentionally, but they might go to, we'll use you as an example, somebody I'm responsible to report on and, and all the things I just said, maybe feels more comfortable going to the colonel. Um, you have to be okay with that, right? Until you can get to a talking spot. And sometimes people never get to the, to the level where they can really get to know each other and do the human connection that we're talking about. What I want you to not have animosity about that right? Understand, first off, we have blind spots. When people expose those blind spots for us, then work really hard to overcome those blind spots. Some, we all have biases. Every one of us have biases. And the sooner you accept that, the better off that you'll be, the better leader you'll be. If you don't accept those, then, then you're not going to be effective at all. And then you're going to do more damage. So I know, sir, that we, we've given advice, uh, your advice of what you would do as a squadron commander or given advice to squadron commanders and, and the first line supervisors. I know we both have watched uh, Lieutenant Colonel Herndon send it out, Security Forces Commander. Uh, so thanks, sir, for sending that out. Some of y'all have probably seen these conversations on, uh, on Facebook or YouTube. They've been pushed a lot of different places. Uh, so Lieutenant General Slife is the AFSOC uh, commander. And so they've had some roundtable discussions. And, and so again, thanks uh, for the Colonel for sending that out. Uh, and, and I will attach the links to those roundtable discussions. They do a much better job than I do uh, of discussing these types of, of issues and things. But I know you've listened to those as well, and you took away a couple of points I know you wanted to share. Uh, so thoughts, thoughts on some of the things you've heard other senior leaders in the Air Force share that you want to reiterate to our team. So I, I touched on a couple of them. Obviously, the, you know, General Slife talks about the, the human uh, capital, 
that we have to invest in. Um, he talks about the listen, learn, and, and, and lead portion of it. Uh, but when you watch these, these, uh, these roundtables they have, these discussions they have, um, they, are, they are brutally honest with each other. And there's, there's some eye-opening moments in there. Um, and what I took out of it is, uh, you know, they tell stories. And I, I'm not going to repeat the stories because I want you guys to, to watch these. Uh, but where me, I would never be in the situation that some, some of our airmen have been in. Um, and I didn't have to take that burden with me when I, when I came in the gate that morning. Um, and, you know, we get after things in the Air Force. And, and all of our airmen are awesome. Um, but you know, when, they're, when they're carrying those burdens, I think it really can affect our performance and it can affect our, our ability to, to do things. And so, they're, they're, I mean, I think another thing I really took out of it is that, you know what, it's awesome to see senior leaders at all levels getting after this, talking about it. You know what, um, it inspires us to sit and talk about it again, you know, and we see them talk about it. We can talk about it. Everybody can talk about it. We, we, can, we can start doing that. We can do more of it. And that gives us an opportunity to, uh, to learn and lead. You know, it was brought to my attention. So I'll, I'll be transparent with the team uh, about myself. So it was brought to my attention uh, when I was a senior master sergeant. Uh, so I've been doing some podcasts and things on the, person, on, the on the side. I guess you could say, I, obviously, I tie everything into it in the Air Force because that's what I do. Uh, and that's what I love. Uh, but uh, somebody brought it to my attention said, hey, uh, senior, you should use your uh, platform to talk about, uh, they didn't call it racial disparity. Uh, they just called it racism in the Air Force. And I was like, I didn't even know what to say. You know, I was like, just what? That happens? Uh, so I was just ignorant to it, right? Um, and, and some people, they, they can't get to that point where I just shared with you of saying, tell me more about it. Like, I'll be honest with you. I have no idea. I've never seen it. I've never experienced it. Help me understand. And then just listen, like we talked about before. So some of our, our teammates need to get to that level. I'm not saying that uh, maybe necessarily in this group, I just know as humans, as humans, I'll say it as humans and airmen, guess what? We're humans. Uh, sometimes we might think and get treated like machines, but we're humans underneath this. Um, that, that we just have to understand that, you know what? I don't know what I don't know. I need somebody else to, and then that's where I'll talk about, put yourself in their position. Um, so anyway, yeah. And then again, as, as a chief, uh, there was someone on this installation that, that came to me outside of our group uh, that said, Hey, I really want to talk about this. And then I, I did a whole series on it. So I learned a lot. What I'm getting at this is you only know what you know. You only grow up where you grow up. You only experience what you experience. Don't, don't beat yourself up on that. Just be, uh, you know, open with it, open-minded, open-hearted about saying, all right, now I need to listen and learn uh, kind of thing. So I would like to, sir, if, if I may take this uh, before we open up to questions, we talk about Air Force potentially coming out with processes. What can we do in the here and the now? And I'd like to talk, uh, like I, I mentioned in your office, when we first started discussing, having this discussion uh, is coaching, right? Some of y'all know that I, I love football and, and some of you may not know and may not be able to associate with that sport. And I do apologize, but if you can walk with me on this and try to understand it from whatever perspective you're coming uh, to this discussion with of maybe whatever team or sport you've been a part of or seen, or maybe just whatever you can associate it with. And I, I was a coach. I've been a coach for a long time in football. I grew up playing football. Um, if you can't tell, I'm, I'm a little bit bigger of a person, so I'll play the line. If, if you're not familiar with football, if you are familiar with football, then you're like, well, you're big, but you're not big enough to play line, but I was part of a small school. I digress. I will move forward. Where I'm going with this is, uh, as I grew up, I realized I wasn't going to play college ball when I fractured my neck and stuff. And I said, you know what? Well, I, I definitely want to be involved in coaching. So I would, I coached Pee Wee. And that's awesome. If you ever have a chance to coach kids, it's, it's amazing. But I would watch, and, and where I'm going somewhere with this, so please bear with me. 
I would watch the players in practice, right? Uh, so associate, I'm not calling our, our airmen uh, of all uniformed and non-uniformed airmen uh, football players, but I'm, I'm trying to make that, that relation there. So if you think about the supervisors that, that are growing up in the Air Force right now, my son's in technical training right now. He, he's a supervisor in training essentially because one day he will be a supervisor if he, he continues to stay in the Air Force, serve in the Air Force. Uh, and that's another family piece. Don't let me forget. We'll, we'll tag that in as well. But so they're, they're growing up in the Air Force. It's like these children that I'm watching, these young men, they're, they're playing football, they're practicing. And, and then we start selecting people to go on the field. The IE, you're making staff sergeants, you're going to ALS you're gonna get on the field of supervising and leading our airmen, leading our nation's sons and daughters. You pointed out the most, I'm gonna get on my soapbox for a second, sir. The most important thing that we have are the human beings serving our military, uh, or what well, I should say in the military. I don't wanna say that we're the military is the most important thing. Uh, I think it is, and y'all can just, y'all keep that on the DL, but, but our humans that serve our Air Force uh, are much more important than F-35 uh, or any other piece of equipment you could throw out there. So we're, we're, we're putting you on the field to do that. Uh, and then sometimes, right, you just put this boot on as it fits. We, we do this number as senior leadership in the squadron, the flight, where, the shop, wherever. We, sometimes we do this and be like, man, I sure hope they're getting it right out there. And, and we do it under the guise of not wanting to micromanage. Uh, and sometimes there's various reasons why this happens uh, and not to go into all of those. But we're, I'm, I'm getting there. Trust me. When I'm watching football, I don't do that. I pulled that those those group of players to get on the field, those six or however many linemen we're using, and they're on the field. I'm watching their technique. I'm watching them, and, and I'm not doing it from a, an, a way of like to micromanage. I'm coaching because I've taught you something, i.e. the Air Force has taught you something as a supervisor. Now I'm watching and helping you. I'll pull them out. You know, we get, you know, three and out. I'm going to be upset if you missed a block, but I'm, you're going to come over to the side. I'm going to say, hey, what happened? Why did you miss? I missed a block, coach. Okay, why did you miss the block? So supervisor, you're a technical sergeant, supervising a staff sergeant or mass sergeant, you're in that section, you can see this is where all of it happens, all of it, all of the stuff that we talk about in the Air Force happens at the, at the tactical level, that's where things get done, and that's where things can come off the rails, obviously they can come off the rails at any level, but as the part we're discussing here, are we coaching our supervisors? Not micromanaging, not looking over their shoulder every second, but like, hey, no, 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 block this way, change this, do that. No, I'm saying, let them execute, but then, are we coaching them? Are we taking the time? Do we know them? Are we connected at the human level? And then are we coaching them? Uh, so what I want to, again, speak to your heart, if you're in the position to coach, you need to coach. If you're in the position to be coached, be coachable. Don't take it offensive. Colonel can coach me all the time. Colonel can be like, just like my previous boss said, hey, quit scaring people. You know, like just being, give me some honest, critical, uh, constructive feedback. That's what I want out of our airmen in the Air Force and our airmen in this group is to be coachable, if the Air Force comes out and says, hey, we're going to track all LORs, don't be like, oh, my gosh, I can't do that. You just don't trust me. No, don't look at it that way. Remember when they took the PT test from us, sir? Oh, my goodness, I remember that. And uh, then we had people, that contractors come in and, and watch us test. That upset me. I didn't get mad at the people that are watching me test, right? There's a reason that we've gotten to the spot that we're getting to. What I want you to do is be in a position that you're already doing it. You're, I'm not saying you're not, but if you're not, correct it because you don't you don't have a spot in the air force if you're not going to treat our airmen with dignity and respect and that's all airmen uh so if you if you can't get to that level then it is time to move on i hope people got their steel toe boots on because uh, sometimes i will step on toes so if you're not to that level and you can't get to that level then then you don't belong in the air force leading our airmen and having the privilege to lead our airmen because it is a privilege uh, not a right so anyway make sure that we're coachable so if the air force comes out with a policy or a process you're like Cool, whatever. I'm, I, I'll mark here, mark there, because I know I'm already doing it the right way. I've already been coached. I've already, my heart is in the right spot. I, I know my airmen. 
didn't go down the line with it. So anyway, don't want to belabor that point, but when we talk about next level actions or discussions, continue conversating at the squadron level. I want to encourage that, but conversations don't fix it. That exposes, helps us understand. So I just wanted to give them a little bit about, hey, next, what I see, what Chief Vaden sees as the next level is, is actually coaching and correcting and guiding. And then potentially removing, right? If you're a supervisor in a position, I'm not prescribing discipline, but if you're a supervisor in a position, you can't get it right. That's on that squadron leadership team to say, what are we actually getting accomplished here? We've talked a lot. Now we've coached you and you're not listening. It's time to make a move. So not prescribing discipline, but uh, yeah, if you can't get it in the right spot, then then maybe we need to step away and, and take a look and, and, and re-engage. Um, any, any thoughts before we open it up to questions? What you just talked about actually is the other two uh, points of my compass. Uh, I, I talked about when I talked about the Scott Commanders, teamwork. Um, you talked about a team coaching and coaching the team. Um, you know, there, there's, we have plenty of folks that, you know what, hey, uh, you don't feel comfortable talking to me about it, come talk to, your, talk to someone else about it, get their, get their thoughts on, hey, how can I do this better? Um, and the other one was training. That's, that's my final one is training. It's gonna take repetition. It's gonna take commitment. And when I say training, I say training with discipline. You, we have to, it can't be a one and done. Hey, I tried it, no one wants to talk to me. No one wants to, no, no one wants to uh, uh, let me listen. Um, it's going to take training. It's going to take discipline to do this. Um, and again, it's, it's, it's a starter and, and it gives us that opportunity to, to grow and to, to move out. So I think, one of, yeah, so well, you're absolutely right. One last thing, you know, you know, I just, I have stuff in my cargo pockets and all these pockets, these OCPs, they gave me more pockets to put stuff in. Um, but uh, something we had talked about before, and I, and I know you agree with this, and, and we talk about culture and I, I know that is almost a, a taboo w word in some settings, right? But uh, depending on where you're, where you're assigned. Uh, but when we talk about culture in a unit, in an organization, the first 10 minutes, I think, and, and okay, maybe it's the first five, maybe it's the first 30, you know, uh, not getting hung up on the exact number, but the first 10 minutes in an organization can set the tone for your tour. It could be a civilian in the onboarding process, a, a new airman that walks in the door, a seasoned master sergeant. You can walk in the door, and I know we've all been to multiple units. Well, me and you've been to multiple units. Some of our airmen, this is our first duty station. You walk in the unit, and you get a taste real quick of like, okay, these this team is locked in, ready to engage. They're doing the mission. Um, and sometimes you can walk in and you're like, is this a military outfit or oh, what is going on here, right? Uh, I have not experienced that in any of our organizations. I think our organizations do a great job of setting the standard. Uh, so I just want to encourage the commanders, the command teams, in that first 10 minutes, uh, I don't know if you do uh, squadron orientation or if you do newcomers orientation. I'm not sure exactly how you do it. Um, but continue to set that standard early and like you said sir often right it needs to be an ex uh, only accepted standard is excellence right when it's not excellent and it's not you know not taking care of people with dignity and respect and accomplishing the mission general slide i'm sorry i just thought of this general slide points out the standards right tell me where the standards are associated with the mission and we talk about uh, and i would like your thoughts sir when i finish this thought is uh, about any of those types of things banners coins things of that nature uh that that might not be inclusive of everyone. But you know, what is the standard tied to? Well, in this unit, to be a part of this unit, and this was an AFSOC thing, you gotta do 100 pushups. Uh, why? Because you only want certain fit type of people or people with certain fitness levels? Is it actually tied to the mission? So I want you to think about that of, of all the different things that we have in our organizations, our standards, what's it actually tied to? It, do we just say, oh, I'm sorry, that's just a standard. Um, I don't know, figure it out, like shaving, shaving waivers, right? Uh, that, that is a, a sticking point for a lot of people. I could, I've never done this, but I could do where, okay, well, the standard says, well, it's changed now, but 
and you know, a few months ago, just like, I don't know, the standard says this, I don't know, figure out how to shave, whatever, dude, and go on about it. Is that how we approach it? Do we sit and listen and understand where that individual is coming from? But yeah, so right before we open up for questions, uh, thoughts on, uh, you know, those things, whether it be coins, some things that you might not even think about, uh, but uh, that we should take a look at. Yeah, so I, uh, uh, we were talking about this earlier. The, um, I just read it on the, I think it was on the uh, Defense News or something yesterday, and uh, Secretary Barrett's um, sent out direction and, and guidance on, you know what, we need, to, we need to do a sweep. We can do that now. We don't need to wait on anything. Uh, but, you know, look at our heraldry. Look at the patches we have. Look at the, the, the patches, the unofficial patches that I know float around out there, um, the unofficial coins, those things that are visible, the things that we can actually do now that, that may, um, you know, disrespect someone, that may make someone feel like they're being discriminated against or just, you know what, just plain outright, it just doesn't make someone feel good because based upon uh, race, based upon uh, sexual orientation, based upon religion, based upon any, we, we can get rid of that. We can, you know, we, we've got plenty of pictures of awesome B1s, awesome Air Force stuff, um, our airmen doing great things. Um, you know what, uh, and we've got, a, we've got a culture. We've got our culture of, you know, we got your six and each squadron has their culture that they, they can rally around, but we can get rid of a lot of that. You know, go, this is a tangible thing that we can do now. You know, do, go out and do some sweeps and, and, and look for that. And then, you know what, it's just say, hey, not, this is, this is, we are not doing this. This is not what we want. It's too easy to get rid of stuff that's not inclusive, you know, and some people like really, you know, are attached to certain things. And that's where it goes back to what I said in the very beginning of reading the disparity report. Why are you attached to it? Are you attached to it so much that you're willing to put another human being at a disadvantage? I'll, I'll give closing uh, thoughts and then give okay. you the, the, the last mic. Um, what I want at the end of the day is for people to, everybody, uh, first off, uh, across all of our organization, I, I want it for the entire world, uh, but like General Slice says, it points it out great. We can absolutely control our portion of the Air Force. I can't control what the wing does. I can't control what the maintenance support or the maintenance group does, what operations group. I can't do that. What I can do, though, is help me and the boss can help set strategy, vision, uh, and, and encourage and advise our team, our portion of the Air Force, if you will. You can do the same thing in your squadron, your section, your flight, whatever the case, wherever you're at, you can control that piece of the Air Force or influence that piece of the Air Force. So I really want you to do that. I want you to take it on. And when we talk about uh, new year, new me, uh, a lot of, and I'm not making fun of that. There's a lot of people that get into a lot of different things at the beginning of the year, whether it's new PT regimen or, or whatever the case may be. I want us to be better humans. I can be a better human, right? And Chief Baz does her hashtag better together. And, and we are better together. So we really need to rely on one another, but we have to get to know each other before we rely on one another. And, and I have heard the comments, sir, where people say, well, we're a war fighting organization. You're dead gum right, we are, right? I'm not, I don't make any bones about that. We're not a coddling corporation. We are a professional organization, which is a profession of the arms, right? A profession of arms. So when you, if you have that mindset, then I would also challenge, when's the last time you went and kicked in doors with somebody or ran convoy ops? Because I knew every one of my teammates, right? And so to say we're a warfighting organization, we don't have time to focus on this, uh, you need to refocus, right? So, so 2021, let's, let's start afresh, open hearts, open minds, uh, and just get after this together, right? I know this is a lot easier said than done. Trust me, I understand that. I will be sending out some more uh, emails, some invites uh, a little bit later on to, to do some more panels or make those available. Uh, but also, I'll, when I send out the anonymous feedback, I know you got your own squadron level feedback system and processes, or at least I would hope you do. Um, 
don't be shy on those. If, if you want to tell me something, or if there's something that me and the boss are doing that doesn't check with what we've actually came out of our mouth or what we're saying or what we're advising, then you got to let me know that. Take advantage of, of those feedbacks as I send them out. So I, I am floored by how y'all handled 2020. I know there was a lot of stuff going on. I think my deployment to Afghanistan honestly was easier uh, than what was going on here. So I want to commend you for how you served, how you served our nation in some of its most troubling times. Some people might even say some of the most troubling times that we've been through. Uh, I know in my lifetime we hadn't had a pandemic and, and, and engagements of going on with terrorists and other things that we send bombers out to do, which we won't go classified on here. Um, so I, I applaud you for how you've led, how you've taken care of each other. So I want you to hear let's do it better, not let's hey, fix everything that's wrong that I think the whole group is wrong. That is not the case at all. You are great. And I want us to take the next step. So, sir, over to you. Thanks, Chief. Um, uh, I'm going to echo a lot of, well, actually, I'm not going to repeat it because uh, I'm just going to echo a lot of what Chief said. Um, you know, uh, he talked about war fighting. Uh, and we have an awesome organization. And, and when we do go to war, if we have to go to the war, uh, I'm going to trust that airman that's next to me with my life. And I'm going to start building that trust today. I'm going to start building that trust at the shop level. I'm going to start building that trust um, in any way I can, because you know what? When when we when we do have to when we have to do the uh, the, the stuff that we're asked to do, uh, I want to be able to trust the, the airmen next to me. And and we have amazing airmen. And so it's been a, it's really been a pleasure to be able to talk with you. An honor to be able to talk with you. And uh, I mean, best MSG in the world, obviously. Who mm -hmm. And so we're going to do more of this. We're um, and we're excited about 2021. Uh, we'll talk later um, throughout the January, February. We're going to get out and get to see some of the squadrons and and talk vision, strategy, awards, and uh, recognize some folks. So so we're very excited about that. But we're going to keep this uh, this discussion that we had today. We're going to keep it going. Absolutely. So uh, with that, we'd just like to say uh, thanks, Sergeant Heimrichs, for putting this together. Amazing. We're sitting in the studio here. Uh, I, I would chief talked to me about it. I thought we were going to have like, I was going to have a phone in front of my face and it was, you know, going back and forth it, like it this. It would have been without Master Heimrichs, yeah, it would so, have been, sir. Sir Heimrichs, uh, awesome job. Just a, a truly, truly awesome. Thank you. So with that, uh, thanks to the MSG and uh, we'll see you guys around.